America has changed. Have you noticed? A lot of people really think that the Orwellian nightmare has finally arrived. Some people might call it the new normal, while others refuse to accept it as normal at all. But to understand the issues at hand and to make sense out of it all and respond properly, we really need to understand the psychology of normal. This is Unity Without Compromise. I'm Dr. Steve Latulip, and I thank you for honoring me with your listening ear today. It's really a pleasure to reach out to you, and specifically for the sake of making us all one. We need to be a unified body, and we need to base our unity on a solid standard and always do it without compromise. Well, those like me who refuse to accept the preponderance of evil as normal tend to call what's happening right now in America abnormal or crazy. But more accurately, we should call it evil, of course, because that's what's really happening. But is it normal? That's the question. And for the sake of being fair and accurate, we have to ask the question, what do we really mean by the word normal? Are we talking about mental illness or some types of behavior? Are we talking about social norms? Or might we just be imposing our own biases on other people and saying that those who do not fit into our description of what we consider normal, normal? For example, if I'm a straight heterosexual male and I call a homosexual abnormal, am I just judging someone based on my own preconceived ideas about what is normal? In other words, is normal in the eyes of the beholder, kind of like beauty? Or do you think we can actually define logically some boundaries for normal based on, say, the patterns of nature or of physics or of societal laws. I mean, somebody has to decide what is normal and how can we really do that? Because normal can be a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But how we answer this question of what is normal does have serious consequences. For example, if a medical doctor diagnosed me with a mental disorder, such as depression or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, or schizophrenia, I might be disqualified from applying for certain jobs or professions. I certainly would not have been able to have a full military career as I did, and making it into medical school would have been pretty challenging for me. So there are consequences to how we define normal versus abnormal. And given the fact that we have courses in abnormal psychology, I think it's worth exploring that a little bit because it might be real complicated or it might actually be a lot simpler to sort out than most people think. Now, if I were working on a PhD degree in clinical psychology, I could really have a lot of fun with this, but I am not working on any degree right now. And 
I did actually practice full spectrum psychiatry in my pain and addiction clinic, uh, since the two really do go hand in hand. And we didn't have any psychiatrists in town. So rather than get, getting caught up in all the semantics and the complex theories about normal, let me just cut through the mustard and say normal means average or standard sort of what we would expect to happen on an average or a standard day. In other words, normal means nothing out of the ordinary. It's just the usual events that happen on a daily basis. And so when the left is trying to declare a new normal, what they're saying is they want to change our expectations of what is perceived as ordinary life and make it something else. And then they wanted to redefine the changes and call it normal. And that's what they mean by the new normal. That's why we have to understand the psychology of normal. When George Orwell wrote the fiction novel, 1984, in 1949, by the way, he was likely inspired most in his writing by the dictator Adolf Hitler. Everything Orwell writes about seems to originate in the real life experiences of Germany in the late 1930s and early 1940s, but only with a futuristic science fiction twist that sadly now has entered the realm of possibility because of our advanced technology. But that really isn't saying enough, is it? Because the fact is, it's not just a possibility anymore. It is happening right now in our own current lives. We are being controlled more than ever. The influences of oppression to control us and subjugate us to a rogue, tyrannical government are a reality, an absolute reality. This is why they are pushing for a digital currency so that they can turn the faucet of money on and off as they deem necessary based on our compliance. Now I call that slavery, but it is a fact. It is absolutely happening right now. We have seen it recently in what our so-called president just recently did. He has stated that we are going to be controlled by being spied upon. He just passed an executive order saying that we can now be spied on by who, the FBI, the CIA, or any other operatives, uh, perhaps like the thousands of armed citizens who are going to come after us uh, for not paying our taxes. Uh, we're in a lot of trouble. But as you can see, before your very own eyes, the things that are happening every day Another brick or two is laid to enclose us within the prison walls of our own mind using exactly the same tactics that the Nazis used to control the population in Germany and actually a few other countries.
They were trying to establish a new normal. Now, we must always remember that when Orwell wrote 1984, World War II had just ended about four years earlier. And his book was really extremely timely because everyone's greatest concern at that time was how can we prevent this kind of abnormal inhuman treatment from ever happening again? Notice that's what they're saying right now about the things going on with COVID. With COVID, we were oppressed to the max and every single day we are still suffering the impact of that oppression. There are consequences, and they are still trying to make it the new normal. But everywhere I go, in, uh, when I travel across the country and attend and speak at medical conferences, everybody seems to raise the question, how can we assure that this never happens again? that they can use a man-made pandemic to take us down, silence us, separate us from each other, divide us in every way possible, and then all along the way, injure and maim and kill us and make a tremendous profit at the same time by those few people who are reaping tremendous benefits financially from the oppression. It's a good question. How can we assure that this never happens again? Well, the fact is we cannot ever assure that. We simply cannot control everything that happens to us. But we have to understand that what we call normal or what we accept as normal is a choice made by us. We have a say in the matter. It only becomes normal if we accept it. So the principles of brutality deriving from dictatorships, in fact, were never stamped out after World War II, and they were present long before World War II as well. A lot of atrocities have happened throughout the history of mankind. And for anyone to suggest that we have finally achieved utopia, you know, a place where influence, the influence of evil is no longer present, that's an absolute lie. We will never be there. Of course, Christians would call such a place heaven. But let me tell you, Almost everybody would agree this is not heaven. It's a far cry from it. Life on earth can be really tough just in the day-to-day survival. But when you have an oppressive government making it so much harder, then life feels like it's really hell, not at all heaven. But perhaps we need to wrestle with that a little bit because we need to accept the fact that evil in its multifaceted forms will always be present in our society and in our world. And we will always be at war 
with good and evil as long as we exist in this mortal state. And we might as well get used to that fact. We might as well understand that life is never going to be easy. Life will always be, to some extent, a burden. Fortunately, we have good days and bad days. But if you think about the conflict between good and evil, that conflict will ultimately yield a normal of society that people will either accept or reject. And in fact, that war takes place. That war between good and evil, you could say, is actually normal in our sinful world. And it begins within ourselves. I am at war with myself many times throughout the day. I have a choice to do the right thing or to do the better thing than not doing something. In fact, the Apostle Paul, when he was describing how evil he was in his own mind, in his own thoughts, remember that the Apostle Paul persecuted the Jews and uh, put the thumbs down to them saying, kill them. And then he was transformed by God, and he concluded, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? He was struggling. That's in Romans, Romans chapter 7, verse 24. And the answer was, he said, I thank God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, there was his answer. But we struggle within ourselves to do the right thing. Every day it's a battle. When we get into the car, do I speed on the highway knowing I can get away with it? Or do I follow the laws? Am I setting an example to my children for whatever behaviors I might do? What happens if I suddenly injure myself and let out a cuss word or two and my kids would be there, the little kids or the grandkids? What kind of impression am I leaving on them? And we all have these little struggles that we uh, hopefully are struggling with so that we can decide to make normal something that is good, good for all, for all of us. So we have a great struggle within ourselves between good and evil. And based on our choices that we make and our resolve to do whatever we resolve to do, that becomes our normal for our own lives. So if partying and drinking and cussing and womanizing is my normal routine behavior, it's normal. It's just my normal routine. And normal has nothing to do with good and evil. It just is the norm that we have chosen. And the same thing actually happens um, in families and in our neighborhoods. I mean, we fight and with our families, and we fight with our neighbors. I mean, what family or neighborhood has complete harmony, right? It just happens. And how we decide to resolve conflict, um, for some people, I mean, families consider fighting to be very, very normal. And they just accept it, and they battle each other, and life goes on. But that's just the way things are. That is the routine. That is the average day. That is the standard for a given family. Some neighborhoods, for example, in Chicago, the normal is killing each other, firing weapons at each other, 
stabbing each other every day, and that's just the normal for a violent society. But it is still normal. And that's kind of a scary thing when you really think about it, isn't it? Because normal uh, can be on any any point in the spectrum between the most good and the most evil society. And then we can take it further and say, well, look at, look at uh, on the national level. In the world, one nation is always at war with some other nation somewhere in the world. And I learned that very quickly when I was flying in the military, because we always got our briefings on what was happening in our part of the world where we would deploy should the need arise. And I realized that these factions between nations are always competing against one another. One nation has more wealth, the other nation wants it. One nation has more power and just wants to impose their power and strength against the weaker nation. And so universal peace on earth, even though we might toast to it, it's never going to happen. It's only a dream. It's a false hope. But, you know, most people would agree that universal peace is not even a realistic goal. How many of you got angry when the left started talking about this new normal? Do you remember? They said, start getting used to it because this is the way things are going to be. And that was when they were telling us to put on the mask and to wear it inside the house and outside of the house, wear it everywhere you go because you're going to protect yourself and you're doing it for your neighbor, right? Um, wrong. They told us to socially distance. They told us that the gene-modifying vaccines were safe and effective and that everybody needs to take it, get over it, do it for yourself, do it for your neighbor. See, they were trying to make it good, but the reality was that all of this new normal stuff that they were trying to implement was absolutely false. They were all consisting of lies and bad science, and truthfully, I utterly rejected it, and I was angry, and I said, this is not our normal. And at the time, it was not. Masking, social distancing, uh, the COVID shots, they were never normal. There's ne we have never seen such a thing happen in our society before. But for some people, these things actually have become their new normal. Here I am living in Arizona, a very free state compared to the Marxist communist state of Oregon, where oppression under the leadership there is rampant. But uh, even here in Arizona, I still see people wearing masks all the time. They put it on and off. They pull it out of their dirty pockets. They fumble with it, handle it. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see that they blow their nose with the mask because it's convenient, but they'll put that diaper back on their face because that's become normal for them. They have forgotten what it's all about. They have forgotten uh, or never knew what the real science says about it. They have no idea why they are doing it. It's just become the norm for them. Now, that's really sad because they don't even realize how they have been taken captive, but they have. For some people, 
the imposed new normal that they wanted to impose on them has become a reality. And of course, a lot of these people who have given in to the shots, they're suffering greatly from it, suffering absolutely greatly. And along with all the other things that are being imposed on us in this seemingly progressive dystopian world, um, things are progressing. They are shoving this down our throats, but we still have yet to see if they are correct about this being the new normal. At first, I insisted that none of this ugliness could ever become normal. I mean, I rejected it completely. The censorship, the illegal mandates, the school indoctrination, the sexual perversion that we see rampant throughout our society right now. I wanted in my own mind to deny that this could ever become normal because it was so evil. But you know what? I was wrong. I I was wrong. I wasn't seeing the clear picture And I didn't stop to think about the psychology of normal. And that's why I want to discuss this with you today. Now, I said that evil has been prevalent forever. And the normal that has prevailed in past times sometimes has been extremely evil. I mean, look at what became normal in Nazi Germany. These people accepted the fact that their neighbors were being hauled off, carted off into concentration camps where they were being gassed. They were being experimented on all kinds of evil experiments being performed by medical doctors without any anesthesia. These people were being tormented, physically tormented, brutally attacked by medical doctors doctors. And so many of those medical doctors, after that new normal was overthrown, they went back to their regular medical practices. It's really scary how a new normal can be so easily accepted and everybody can participate in it and consider it, well, normal until something changes. But how does it change? go back in time to Sodom and Gomorrah. In that time when Lot's family was living abnormally in an evil society because they were righteous, but they were living in it. They were participating in that society to some extent. Remember what Lot said when those evil people came out and said, send us that new visitor to you. We want to sodomize him, rape him, molest him. And what did Lot do? What did Lot say? He, he said a horrible thing. He said, no, no, this is my guest. I mean, there were standards uh, of taking care of people who were guests in your home at that time. But he said, here, take my daughters, my virgin daughters. What did you say, Lot? That was evil. You see, it's so easy to compromise when you see the normal being extremely evil. How could he have said that to give them his daughters, to offer them up. I mean, that's what the new normal can lead to. And it should make us very afraid. It was normal for the Israelites to whine and complain and rebel against God throughout their 40 years of wanderings in the wilderness. Remember the story, 
so prevalent was this rebellion after they were taken out of captivity, out of slavery in Egypt, all they did was whined and complained to God. And this rebellion was so prevalent that only two people of the millions of Jews were granted passage into the promised land of Canaan when they finally got there after 40 years. Joshua and Caleb were the only two men of the original group of people that exited Egypt. Not even Moses made it in because he rebelled and offended God. And because of it, he was not allowed to enter the promised land. And we have so many examples of wrongful or evil behavior becoming normalized. And now comes post-Christian America and look at what we have become as a nation. In just two short years, we also have rejected God as a nation. Let's face it, we have fallen from God. And now we are reaping what we have sown. It is just a fact. George Orwell described a state of existence that was utterly oppressive and controlling and abusive, but it became the norm. It became normal. Doesn't that scare you? It scares me. When Orwell used in 1949, at the time of writing that book, such terms as thought police, the ministry of truth, big brother, and uh, and then the primary assault against an oppression-drugged people is found in government actions of coercion, eavesdropping on conversations like they do with us right now with our cell phones, like Biden just passed by executive order. They can spy on us supposedly legally. Now, is it legal? Is it ethical? Of course not. It goes against everything in our constitution. But people are being brainwashed in the same way that, that they are brainwashing our children to accept this new normal. But all other family members and friends, look at your neighbors. They're also being brainwashed. And there is the ever burdensome pressure to comply with everything the government tells you to do. And refusing to do it will cost you unbearable hardship and possibly your life. Look at what the FBI has been doing to righteous people who do not comply with the government. In fact, call it out saying it is evil. Look at how they are threatening us with physical harm. Now that's called slavery, but it, it was the normal state of things many, many times. The question is, will it become normal in America? Well, we have to sort something out right now because we must understand a very key principle here. Always, 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 forever, in the absence of God's influence, evil will become the normal state of life. Now, we need to burn that into our brains because that means that we need to make a decision, every single one of us. Man's nature in this sinful world is inherently evil. Some people might actually try to deny that fact. Some psychologists and philosophers will claim that, oh, man's nature is basically good, right? No, that is exactly the opposite of what the Bible teaches. God says otherwise. In Romans 3.12, 
Paul declared, they have turned aside. They have become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. And why did they not do good? Well, it's told us in Romans 3.18, there is no fear of God before their eyes. Remember, if you don't want to live in fear, fear God and God alone. It's that simple. If you fear God, you will not fear man, no matter what man does to you. But Romans 3.23 just drives the point home. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we have to accept that. However, the evil human mind that by God's design was given free will, and we chose to rebel against God in the beginning with Adam and Eve, that human mind is under several influences, both internal and external. And our free will determines how those influences will affect us. The internal influences, for example, include our conscience. Hmm, should I do this or not do that? Should I decide to do the legal thing, the right thing, the moral thing, what is ethical, or should I not? We have a choice. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit can fix the world of sin, and that's how people come to finally realize their need for God. Given the fact that we are sinful people, we need a Savior, every last one of us. The Jews, the Gentiles, everybody. That's what the book of Romans is all about, the first three chapters specifically. But there are also external influences, and there's a lot of them. Our parents, for example, when they are raising us as children, are influencing us externally. And that helps to create our character. There is the creation I look up the night sky and I say, how can anyone reject God? You look at all those stars knowing that there are billions and billions of stars. And I say, wow. And those stars are there in the same place the very next day. There is order in the universe. That points to God. There are teachers and friends and church leaders. For those of you who go to church, there are employers. And there's all kinds of external influences that act upon us. But ultimately... Based on these influences that act upon us, everything comes down to a choice in our own brain. We have a free will decision to make, and the decision is based on the influences that are impressed upon us. If we have a corporate choice of society that dictates whether or not we will be good or evil, then that summation of choices determines what kind of a society we are, what kind of a country we are. And that's why Jesus said, make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of all nations, because the world would be a pretty good place if goodness became the norm. That's why he said to do it. Ultimately, we want people to be under the influence of God. Well, I'm going to take a, a short break here, and I'll be right back with you. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. 
visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Cold and flu season is here. Wouldn't it be great if you had a way to minimize airborne viral threats? Well, now there is, and it's a pulvinone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray called Cofix RX. You might even say it's just what the doctor ordered. To reduce your chance of getting hurt, you wear a safety belt when you're driving. To limit sun damage, you wear sunscreen on the beach. Cofix RX is just like that. It's an additional layer of protection. It's sold by thousands of pharmacists and medical doctors nationwide. It's made right here in the USA. Again, it's a pulvinone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray. You've heard them talk about it here on the OutLoud Network over and over again. Check out CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com for a retailer near you or use coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off at CofixRx.com. spirit of American liberty and justice is woven into the soul of America out loud. Now we invite you friends to invest some of your time with our magnificent family of experts, their minds and voices. It's all back at AmericaOutloud.com. Liberty and justice for all. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com, where we're healing America one person at a time. Welcome back to Unity Without Compromise. This is Dr. Steve Latula. Please remember that my broadcast airs at 12 and 5 p.m. Eastern time on the weekends. It then goes to podcasts. And you can get those uh, at americaoutloud.com. And you'll also find my articles that I have written, at least one or two a week. And um, I would please ask you to spread the news, share, conservative views and views that speak the truth and only the truth. Today I'm talking about the psychology of normal. It can be good or evil. Remember that we all participate in making societal norms. Now I have a confession to make for you when they started calling the face mask and the social distancing and government oppression in all its forms the new normal, I was not happy. I was really angry. And I said, don't call that normal. It is not normal. And I insisted on that. And thanks to the mercy of God, it has not become the new normal because people started rejecting it. They stopped playing the pandemic game and the masks have pretty much faded away for most people. Most people are refusing to ever take another shot that was offered by your government, and that's wisdom. That is good. But the COVID response was just something to get your attention and to make you more willing to comply with this corrupt government. The real new normal that they are pushing for 
is really nothing new at all. And we need to recognize that. It's just another throwback to a state of rebellion against God. And let me tell you, if God were to speak to America right now, I know what God would say. I can imagine his words might be, you have fallen from grace. Now, those words are written in the Bible, in the New Testament, the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 4. You have fallen from grace. Is that not representative of what's happened in America? Now, some denominations teach that falling from grace is an impossibility. But what does it mean you have fallen from grace? Does that not, that statement, if it's impossible to fall from grace, well, that blatantly contradicts what the scripture actually teaches. And the scripture, by the way, teaches that denominationalism is a doctrine from hell. That's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. But we needn't fear losing our salvation unwillingly, okay? So we don't need to be worried about that. If you are a Christian, you cannot unwillingly lose your salvation. But we can receive the gift of salvation and then decide to return the gift. And that's what the Bible says. Through a free will decision, an internal decision of our own making, we can change our mind and forfeit the gift of eternal life, but no one can pluck it from your hands. It's an important point to realize. In other words, yes, you can lose your salvation by choosing to do so. Otherwise, if you look at the words in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 through 6, those words make no sense if you cannot lose your salvation. Hebrews 6, 4 through 6 says, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away to renew them again for themselves the Son of God, and put him to an open shame. There it is, a personal choice to reject God. If you do that, once you had accepted God, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit who seals us for eternity so that we will be resurrected, a bodily resurrection on the day of judgment, we can spurn that gift and give it back to God saying, I don't want it. What a horrible thing. It's a horrible thought, but people do it. The current workers of evil would love for millions more to fall away. They know how to accomplish this. Say whatever you want them to believe enough times, and they will start to believe it. That's how propaganda works. That's why propaganda is so very dangerous. Remember, the three elements of a coup of a free republic, fear, confusion, and violence. They have put us into fear with the, the propaganda of COVID, the pandemic. They have caused massive confusion even to this day. We saw violence with Antifa and BLM or the threat of violence we see now with the FBI breaking into people's homes illegally, searching and seizing them and their possessions illegally. The FBI are the black priests. They are the new mafia. 
They are the Gestapos of a rogue government. This is a way to control the population. And the only real defense against this is to fear God. But what is declared normal, whether it is good or evil, depends on the moral strength of a society. And that's what's important. Moral strength depends on what is in each of our hearts. When our hearts are deceived, as so many are, evil always becomes the normal, the new normal. Our hearts are deceived, however, because we choose to believe the lie and we reject the truth. And that's why so many of us here on America Out Loud Talk Radio are trying to speak the truth to you, trying to wake people up. But there's other concerns about the present dystopia. Many believe that we truly are living in Orwellian dystopia right now. I mean, you've seen the hats. In fact, I have one. Make Orwell fiction again. Yeah, see, Orwellian society has come upon us in many ways. This is a very true statement. But it's even worse than that, because we are not currently subject to a single dictatorship like Hitler, but an oligarchy, meaning several rulers, a few rulers of globalist elites who control multiple nations through the central banks. And it is not just one dysfunctional society or country, but it is many, and that should scare us. That should really scare us in a big way because the influence is much greater than it was in the time of Hitler. The second thing that really concerns me about this present dystopia is this. Those people who are willingly complicit in implementing this dystopia are many. There's a lot of them. So it's, defer, it's uh, diverse throughout many countries, the dystopia, the lies, the propaganda. But so many people are almost rejoicing in it and participating in it. And that is very concerning. For example, the medical field, most doctors, the great majority of doctors still are actively participating in the evil. They are actively striving to make the new wave of evil the new normal. We have already seen widespread medical participation in crimes, absolute crimes against humanity throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. Everything that most doctors encourage causes harm. Masking, lockdowns, social distancing, the messenger RNA gene shots, and deadly hospital protocols that are still in place if they can get you into the hospital and get you to test positive for COVID-19, they have set the hooks in you and they will try to kill you because there's a lot of money to be made by doing that very thing. And if you don't believe that, you are deceived. Sorry, that's just the facts. And the facts are there available to everyone. You can see the data yourself if you seek it. And they're still pushing all this stuff as much as they can get away with it. And they've gotten away with a lot. Vanderbilt University Medical Center has recently gotten a lot of attention, right? A video was put out there boasting by one of their own doctors that transgender surgeries, quote, bring in a lot of money, end quote. See, it's always about money. It's all about money. And this kind of evil 
and, and this bothers me to no end, this kind of evil by doctors is fully condoned by state medical boards and other organizations, despite the fact that they are doing evil. The medical boards are supposed to protect the public from evil doctors, and here they are endorsing it, and they are taking down doctors like myself for publicly declaring that there is an effective treatment for COVID. I treated all of my patients with complete success. They recovered in a week's time, and they took me down and called me a danger, and this was an emergency situation because I did not wear a mask, yet they will allow abortions, infanticide, the NIH protocol of killing people with remdesivir, with opioids and benzodiazepines so that your breathing is, is labored and difficult, they are killing you. And that's okay. But Vanderbilt was exposed. And so they put a pause on it just recently. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, the pause is only for the kids. If you're under 18, they'll still go on killing the adults because you can choose to do that. And many will choose to do it because they are never given informed consent. Every doctor that has been complicit in this Nazi system of medicine under government control has made a decision that money is more important to them than human lives. And so they continue to injure, to maim, to mutilate, to kill, and to destroy lives, even of children, by their participation in evil. What we are seeing is money over morality. Every single doctor who participates in this second Holocaust is guilty, guilty to the core of serving the other God, mammon, or money, over the one true God. They are guilty. Oh, I know what you're saying, but they would lose their jobs if they didn't comply. Come on, have compassion on them. Oh, really? Does that justify killing people? That's called premeditated murder. Let me tell you, there's plenty of other jobs out there. They may not pay as well as a medical doctor would get paid, but it's still all about money. And so they sell their souls for money. They are guilty. There's no excuse for that, none whatsoever. And that's God, what God will say. Now, can they repent? Can they be forgiven for that? Of course they can. But many will not choose it. They will reject it because they don't want to deal with the guilt. They don't understand that they can be forgiven. Well, the medical field has been very complicit, willingly complicit in the dystopia. And of course, look at our government. The government is complicit in all things evil. I don't really need to even say this, do I? But we have to realize the impact. Dr. Roger Hodkinson recently mentioned that 20 million deaths and 2 billion serious injuries have occurred around the world from the COVID shots. Now, this is unimaginable carnage, he said. And I say welcome to the second Holocaust, sponsored by Fauci, Burks, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and our seated president, who is a fraudster. Our entire government is rogue. And remember that those 20 million deaths and 2 billion serious injuries are increasing by 
the day. And what is your government right now still trying to do? They're pushing the boosters, right? Still calling it safe and effective, even though we have ample evidence, tons of evidence to show just the opposite is true. We need to get serious about what we believe, about whether or not we are going to accept this new normal, because this second Holocaust is going to dwarf the Jewish Holocaust when you look at the numbers of people murdered, injured, and tormented. Get on one of the threads of the sudden deaths and look at how many people, young people, middle-aged people, they're dying like crazy, all from the same thing, strokes, clots, heart attacks, all the things caused by these COVID shots. Childhood myocarditis is now being called the new normal. And infertility is coming next. And they will call the infertility rate that is increasing drastically now, they will call that normal. And they will call normal the strokes, the clots, the cancers, all the autoimmune disease that is now skyrocketing. Indeed, this is becoming the new normal, the accepted cultural standard. And that standard is a genocide. They are achieving exactly what they were after. Fear, confusion, and violence have become the new normal for many people. But are people really accepting it as normal? Your government does hope so. They are counting on it. The United States State Department of Diversity, Equity, Inclusions, and Accessibility, the DEIA, right now is promoting taxpayer-funded, quote, gender transition care for their employees and their children. So you see, they want to do surgery, and they want to push these drugs that alter sex hormones and create permanent changes in a body. They are creating sterility and everyone who participates in this evil. They are destroying human lives. They're also, the same State Department is penalizing foreign service officers who disagree, and they are pressuring countries to perform these procedures on their children and themselves as well, according to Representative Jim Banks, a Republican from Indiana. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken actually said, quote, we will make the department a more effective organization. Our country's diversity is our greatest strength. Did you hear that? We will make the department a more effective organization. Effective at what? At destroying human lives. See, he didn't define it. And he says our country's diversity is our greatest strength. Do you know what diversity is? It is weakness to the core. It is weakness. The more diverse we are, the more divided we are. We only achieve strength through unity. There's another great big lie. And that's what they want you to believe they, because they are destroying our country. That's what they are after. So these policies support lesbian, gays, bisexual, transgender, queer, and intersex employees and family members. And belonging to these groups of sexually confused misfits helps you to actually get your foot in the door to any 
government agency these days. Sexual perverts are a desirable government commodity, even for the military. They have weakened our military incredibly. There's a reason for it. It's not an accident. And the results could be devastating. The good news is that some Republicans are opposing our government, the very few non-rhinos, and they have finally started pushing back. Arkansas, for example, became the first state last year to actually ban transgender transitions, calling it child abuse, which it is. Texas Governor Abbott, Abbott decided to investigate child gender transitions, calling it child abuse, and that is encouraging. Florida in August, said that Medicaid would not pay for mutilating, mutilating surgeries or drugs to alter secondary sex characteristics. You see, you are what you were when you were born, either a boy or a girl. It's a fact. It's a scientific fact. If you don't believe it, get over it. Learn some basic science. Tennessee might soon have a ban on minors transitioning to permanent sterilization or mutilation. Hopefully, many more states are going to follow. Governor Bill Lee from Tennessee said we should not allow permanent life-altering decisions that hurt children or policies that suppress religious liberties, all for the purpose of financial gain. Follow the money always. That is the false god that so many people worship. The very concerning thing is that there is a third class of the willingly complicit, and that is the group who are the deaf, dumb, and blind sheep. Now, we're not talking about three blind mice here, but we're talking about over 300 million monkeys who willingly and wholeheartedly choose to see, hear, and speak no evil, when we should, in fact, be sounding off like never before. Well, actually, there's not that many sheep in America, but I would say that at least half of the 300 and what, some 23 uh, million people in America are complicit with the rogue government, with the proposed new normal. The truth is, the truth is, it does not take a doctor of psychology or a doctor of medicine or of cultural anthropology to understand the psychology of normal. Normal is the accepted standard for reasoning for thought and behavior. A mentally healthy society can only be a godly society. That is a culture where the standard of God is practiced regularly. If you don't accept that, then you have rejected what has always been considered normal in American society. That is just a statement of fact. That is who we are, as Obama used to say but meant something totally opposite. And if you reject God's standard as the norm, then yes, mutilating the genitals and cutting off the breasts of little girls may become the new normal, as might be also killing off of the population, maiming millions, causing many to commit suicide, causing depression and anxiety to be rampant. It could become the new normal but we have to allow it. If you reject the Bible standard, then you are contributing directly to the dark age of America that they are now trying to force upon us. If you reject the Orwellian assault, 
then you must be for a righteous normal, a good normal, based on values, based on virtues of good ethics and a chosen high morality, the higher road. But if you do choose to reject all the evils that your corrupt government wants you to believe is normal, well, then and only then are you a true patriot who loves America and loves God. It's as simple as that. You belong to the MAGA crowd. Hey, let's make America great again, like it once was when we were one nation under God. It's very simple. We will see victory in the days of hedge only if we offensively fight evil and fight it regardless of the cost. You have a choice to worship God or money. And it's very important, the choice that you make, because you will live with it. We as a nation will live with it. If unopposed, the new normal may indeed become a reality. And it will be a life of turmoil, of suffering, of poverty, and of slavery. America will quickly become a third world nation. We must do all that we can to make normal align with the goodness of God. And right now, today, I'm simply asking you to please do your best to fight this fight for the right reasons. Please do vote on election day and please take a stand for what is ethically and morally right. Don't be afraid to suffer a little bit for your country. Let's make a righteous America normal again. You've been listening to Unity Without Compromise. This is Dr. Steve LaTulip. Until next week, have a great week. Adieu.